0: day wherever you're listening from, and welcome to Indoor Air Quality Radio, IAQ Radio. My name is Cliff Zlotnick, or the Z-Man, and the cyber jockey Zach Zlotnick and I are doing this week's show from our hotel room in Orlando, Florida. Our co-host, Radio Joe Hughes, was teaching courses this week in Charlotte, North Carolina, and is on his way driving home this evening. Today's show is pre-recorded on Thursday, November 1st. You can contact me at Cliff Zlotnick, C-L-I-F-F-Z-L-O-T, at unsmoke.com. You can contact Radio Joe Hughes by emailing to him at joe.use, H-U-G-H-E-S, at ieqtraining.com. Today's segments include the Microband Trivia Quiz, a situation report on the California wildfires from San Diego. This week's guest is Larry Holder from Belfour USA Group. We would like to thank today's sponsors, Indoor Environment Connections, the newspaper for the IAQ industry. Subscriptions and advertising information available at ieconnections.com. DryEase products, providing equipment for drying water-damaged homes and buildings. DryEase is first in drying solutions at dry-eaz.com. John Don products where restoration and abatement contractor shop at john dot com. The Restoration Forum at restorationforum.com and Unsmoke Systems, Innovators in Damage, Repair, and Loss Reduction at unsmoke.com. Unfortunately, you can't contact the show today as today's broadcast has been pre-recorded. We appreciate suggestions. We'll answer your questions and take requests if you simply email us at info at iaqtraining.com. Last but not least... Please visit the IAQ Training Institute website for the most current dates for the training you trust at IAQTraining.com. Halloween was earlier this week. This week's trivia question deals with a superstition. The unsmoked trivia question for Friday, November 2nd, 2007 is, What is the origin of saying God bless you after someone sneezes? This evening's guest is Larry Holder, CR. Larry Holder is a regional manager of Belfour USA Group. His educational background includes an executive MBA from the University of San Francisco, a BS from Georgia State University, and the Certified Restorer designation from the Restoration Industry Association. Larry's responsibilities at Belfour include sales, marketing, operations, finance, and personnel development. Larry is a past president of the Restoration Industry Association's Restoration Council. He also co-authored the Belfour Mold Remediation Guidelines, and he was an IICRC committee member that wrote the Standard and Reference Guide for Professional Mold Remediation, also known as IICRC S-520. Larry is a multi-state approved continuing education instructor for insurance professionals, and the property mitigation and remediation educational speaker to various groups, including civic organizations, government, corporations, property managers, building engineers, and contingency planners. Larry, do we have you on the line? Hi, Cliff. How are you? Well, welcome yeah. to Indoor Air Quality Radio. Uh, I'm we're, well. How are you? We're doing well. Before we get into the interview today, I, I'd like to make uh, one quick note. We're going to talk about fires today out in California. And the most comprehensive source for reference information has been compiled by the Indoor Air Quality Association and is available on their website, www.iaqa.org. Larry, thanks for joining us. Can you please just tell us a little bit of information about BELFOR?
1: Yes, BELFOR is the world's largest restoration contractor. Co- contracting company. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're in 27 countries. We have uh, upwards of 4,500 employees. Um, and we're, our headquarters are in Birmingham, Michigan.
0: Wow. Well, BELFOR was listed as a contributor to the IAQ Wildfire Reference Document. What sort of information did your organization provide, if you know?
1: Yes, we uh, w- we provided uh, a couple of uh, uh, blocks of information, uh, some pre-incident measures that people could consider uh, in the event that they were, uh, thought they might have been in the path of a fire, and then we provided a, a few tips or, or measures uh, for post, post-incident uh, items that they might consider.
0: Cool. Well, I guess you're my eyes, ears, and nose out in California. You know, what does it look like, and, and what does it smell like?
1: Well, it, it uh, they they've had uh, last week. It was uh, uh, after the fires were substantially put out or, or brought under most uh, under control. Uh, the entire area, regardless of how your proximity to one of the uh, fires, uh, y- you were exposed to a lot of haze. The sun couldn't shine through the haze, and uh, smell and uh, very strong ash smoke smell and particulate. Uh, was settling on uh, visibly settling on lots of surfaces uh, outdoors and um, just about anywhere you were. It was uh, it, it was really it was really something. This this week with the fires having been extinguished and there was a small amount of rain that helped clean the air and as the wind shifted, uh, air quality um, uh, has improved a great deal. And in, in, unless you're in immediate proximity to some of the areas that were hardest hit, of course.
0: I suspect that the majority of the work that your company is doing is insurance company related. Do you find from your vantage point that the insurance companies are stepping up to the plate and acting appropriately?
1: That has certainly been our experience thus far. Uh, We've seen uh, uh, cat offices uh, set up by many of the insurance companies here, and it was done very quickly. Uh, we were engaged very early by uh not only uh our commercial clients we have relationship ongoing relationships with but by several insurance companies that that brought in staff they were many of them were very responsive and have been uh very uh forthcoming to get uh, uh work underway for for these uh victims
0: how many theaters of operations it's almost like a military uh, situation: How many theaters of operations does BELFOR currently have dealing with these wildfire incidents in California?
1: We have it in, th- in three theaters, and, and we, we use that language, uh, frankly. Uh, San Diego County is largely uh, its own theater, and, and it's, it's the uh, one with the most damages. Um, I'm sure people will recall from the, from the media over the last uh, week. And then Orange County, and the areas east of Orange County, up into some of the resort areas, like our head area, uh, is a theater of its own. It's uh, the next uh, size in terms of uh, area of damage. Uh, and then there's a small theater north of uh, Orange County, uh, Malibu area, that was also had some, some fire. So we're, we treat each of them uh, as, as its own area of damage or theater.
0: Well, as as you're engaged in one of them, and there there are two other ones, could you speculate? I mean, how many personnel do you have working out there? Would it be dozens? You know, would it be hundreds, thousands?
1: It's not a, the thousands uh, that we've had to that we've had to deploy at at, at times, such as some of the uh, hurricanes we we uh, had in the you know, southeastern U.S. of '04 and '05. It, uh, it's certainly in the hundreds and approaching a thousand, and it's. It's a network of, uh, of BELFOR employees uh, and subcontractors that, that are, uh, are, that are uh, loyal to us and, and have a uh, commitment to uh, respond to these the same way BELFOR employees do.
0: Is most of the work that you're doing emergency response uh, initially and you're going to be doing reconstruction later?
1: it breaks out somewhat like that where uh and actually we've we've created somewhat of a subset of the uh, emergency services uh, in the interest of uh getting people back in their homes some some of the uh and practical and for practical reasons some of the exterior uh work that they'll be in, that they will need such as power washing of uh Cleaning of the of the structure and, and maybe uh, sidewalks and driveways and things of that nature is being deferred because they could be in the area of, of uh, charred, uh, total loss of properties that are continuing to uh, put particulate in the air and, and won't stay clean until those until those sites are cleaned up. So we're we're doing a measure of interior uh, work in order to allow people to re- reoccupy their their properties and referring more than any more than a, a cursory pre-clean of the outside just to allow them to traffic somewhat somewhat uh comfortably in and out of their their homes mm-hmm. and then the reconstruction of course will we'll, we'll come Stream after we've uh served as many clients as we as we need to to get them uh, back in their space
0: what i'd like to do is i've received uh, a number of questions that were compiled by a woman named lisa wagner who's a been a previous guest uh, on our show. She's uh, involved with the Restoration Industry Association. She cleans Oriental rugs in San Diego, and I think some of these questions deal with her home, uh, deal with friends and relatives and neighbors and phone calls. You know, which she've you know which she's received. I guess if you have insurance and you've suffered some damage, you know, where do you start? What would you do? Any any initial considerations?
1: Well, uh, well, initial considerations may may be may start with uh, the, the level of damage. If, if you were uh, if you're in what we sometimes refer to as a fallout area, I meaning you got particulate that was airborne and, and were not near any of the, uh, the the fires and did not sustain any heat damage, then certainly that's a first consideration. And. Uh, and, and we're seeing obviously a lot more of the ones that are that uh, have uh, small particulate settled on them, and in and inside the spaces. And we're seeing of uh, ones that sustain a measure of heat damage. At that point, it becomes uh, a consideration of what is the level of particulate uh, within the space. And as I said a, a bit earlier, uh, to, to our mind, and this was somewhat directed by our, by our customers as we begin to engage, uh, you know. 10 20 30 of them uh, in the first day or so is that if you could get my place clean enough to where i can get back in it and get you know get out of this hotel uh and, and get my pets back home or whatever it might be uh then that was the consideration so sort somewhat of an inside out Approach, if you will, uh, so that people could reoccupy. But, but again, out of, out of practical consideration, that in many of these areas there's char in the vicinity, and and a final clean of the exterior is really not practical at this point.
0: I see. What I'd like to do is give the listeners a website, and this website is www.sdforsanDiegoCountyRecovery.com, and one important type of information that you can get on that website is some sources where specific documents can be replaced, marriage licenses, driver's licenses, deeds, and so on and so forth. Some of those documents might be important. Well, if your house wasn't burned and it's inundated with smoke and soot, are there any things that a homeowner might do that could actually make it worse, Larry?
1: Yes. Yes uh... I, I think they want to limit their traffic inside of the space is obviously what it whatever level of particulate has managed to find its way inside of their home it's going to be considerably greater outside and the more the more trafficking they are doing in and out before some some uh... cursory or preliminary cleaning is done outside is uh, then they're going to certainly uh... bring a, a lot more uh, uh... particulate inside the space additionally uh... Being inside of the space with a, with a you know some measure of particulate and trafficking on soft surfaces, carpets, and and uh, and, and the like will, will likely make the cleaning more difficult. It's currently uh, at the time of uh, of the incident the, the particulate has found its way in through windows or, or you know other other. Uh, Means and has settled on horizontal surfaces and is 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 a pretty easy clean or as easy as clean that it, that it will be uh, if people are are in and out of there and there's a lot of traffic on there we can ima- you can only imagine that the particular find its way down to the uh, carpet backing and and, and much uh, more difficult uh, material to get out what color if they, if What they use
0: what color is this residue is it is it the typical uh, you know, gray ash that, that you would find when, when wood is burning or is, is, is it more like that or is it more like plastic related smoke that's black and has a tendency to smudge very easily?
1: It's, uh, it's a little bit, uh, all over the place. Uh, of course, depending upon what burned, uh, we don't see the, uh, the, the strong evidence of the, a plastics-like fire that would leave a, a sticky uh, kind of residue and the, and the black uh, color associated with that, we see we see uh, ash or particulate that's on a lighter side than what we might see in in many uh, building fires. It's, it can be it's, it's actually lighter, not 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 up to the up to white, but certainly lighter than what we would see. In, in many uh, uh, building fires that aren't related to wildfires, and from that to a, to a gray color. We don't see a lot that starts to get down the scale towards black, but we've seen some deposits like that.
0: When you're taking on a project, let's say it's a situation you know, where it's you know, primarily fallout, uh, where are you starting? Are you starting on the outside of the house, or are you starting on the inside of the house?
1: Well, the, the, a good practice would be to get a preliminary clean of the outside. To, uh, uh, and as we talked about a little bit earlier, this would be in the interest of not uh, adding to the load that's inside of the place with, uh, by, by the workers' traffic or anyone else trafficking inside. Uh, but then once inside, uh, it's kind of a top-down clean, as, as we do in the restoration industry on, on many projects. Would and it's and it's largely a dry clean at, uh, in in many instances, meaning we would vac and wipe uh, many uh, most surfaces and and uh, only use moisture uh, uh, as necessary to remove the residue, the settled residue.
0: So would I be correct in assuming that dry techniques such as using a dry or chemical sponge, uh, vacuuming with brush attachments, using lamb's wool dusters? Those techniques would be sufficient for at least initial remediation.
1: Yes, those are those are the exact measures that uh, work, We have found that work best.
0: What about the HVAC systems in in these houses? I suspect that there are more HVAC systems that need to be cleaned than there are available HVAC system companies to to clean them. Uh, are you doing any preliminary measures, uh, you know, with those systems? Because I suspect people need to run air condi- you know, need to run their air conditioning. Are you, you know, perhaps changing filters, putting cheesecloth or some other uh, porous media on the you know the register intakes and grills
1: right uh, a couple of different ways we're approaching there the, the hvac systems first of all that they're not as prevalent uh the closer to the coast that that the homes are as as one might think that's not from this area they they get some great breezes off the ocean and many people elected not to have air air conditioners and as as luck would have it, we're moving into that time of the year where there's less demand for air conditioning in this part of the country. So, one consideration that, that we're having discuss, as we're having discussions with homeowners is if they can leave their system because there is a short supply of, of qualified uh, duct cleaning uh, companies to, to deal with the need, if they can leave their systems off registers can be covered. They can move back in, and that can become a, a second phase or a subsequent phase of, of work that gets done. Belfour has a, uh, a sister company that uh, uh, that does this work, and we've mobilized. Uh, part of our mobilization is to bring in a, a, a strong contingent of qualified duct cleaners to uh, address these needs. And so yes, they're getting they're getting done, but. Uh, As luck, again, as luck would have it, not all the systems are needing to be turned on right away, and so people are reoccupying with the understanding that that will come as a a subsequent service, uh, uh, you know, somewhat removed in time from the initial remediation.
0: Got a question for you in terms of recontamination. Um, you know, I guess you've got winds that are blowing. You got these Santa Ana winds. I mean, are you finding that you know you clean a house today, and a couple of days later it gets recontaminated on the outside or on the inside because the you know the winds are changing direction?
1: Very good point. We uh, one of the things we're coaching people on is uh, they do need to keep their windows closed uh, when we get this uh, initial remediation level of work done, and, and they and they're reoccupying. The the weather forecast this morning uh, had uh, uh, included uh, predicting Santa Ana winds, 50 mile an hour plus uh, possibility on Saturday, um, and the, the fire crews are, are hustling to uh, find all hot spots and and uh, finish their their work uh, ahead of that for obvious reasons and and uh, so uh, and. We, and again, we've cautioned owners that uh be in their best interest to keep windows closed even in the absence of something kicking up again because there's so much particulate in in immediate proximity to so many of the homes that are that are uh receiving the first level of remediation that, that could certainly have their uh their space recontaminated to uh to a degree uh if they if they're not careful of that.
0: You know, outside the houses uh, in most of these areas, is there still strong smoke odor in the air, or does it seem to be dissipating?
1: It's uh, it's dissipating uh, in, in areas where you get out of um, you get a you know some distance. I, I don't I couldn't tell you a, a precise uh, distance, but you get some distance from areas that where the fires run and destroyed buildings, and there's still piles of rubble uh, that are obviously. Uh, uh, emitting a strong odor, get away from those areas, and the, and the air quality here is 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 pr- is probably about normal in in many areas. But as you get within these the, these communities that uh, where the fire ran through and and, and took out a number of, of structures, uh, it's it's very strong there, and, and you can be reminded of uh, how bad it was sort of across this whole region or area last week.
0: I see. Would you say that the type of contamination varies from area to area you know depending on what was burning in that area
1: oh absolutely absolutely uh you know and and certainly the color of the particulate and the uh and whether it is uh uh a wetter or drier material that's that's uh, residue that's left behind gives us some clue of the many things that have burned, and we're seeing some variance in that. And I, I think any any attempts to sort of profile or or, or say that, that there's a typical type of uh, of uh, profile to the part to the residue that's been left behind with this would would uh, would be difficult because I think it changes a great deal depending on obviously what burned, but in what area that that there were fires, there were, there were fires a lot in. In a lot of residential areas, but there were other areas affected too, and it certainly changes uh, as, as you as you move around to different uh, areas that, that uh, experience the fires.
0: Would you agree that if we were to take either a swab, you know, wipe sample or an air sample, that that would only be like a photograph, like a you know, like one photograph at you know one millisecond at one place at, at one time.
1: It, it certainly would I think it would it wouldn't be of any greater value than that it it, it, it might be fairly typical within a few hundred yards radius or, or something in a, in a given area but uh, I, I, don't th- I' think it would be more like a photograph than not I don't I think it would be a snapshot of one area and, and, and not of much value in in terms of uh, determine uh, of extrapolating from that, or, or judging from that, that this was a, that this was typical of what we have in, in any given theater.
0: In in your particular theater, do you have any requirements or recommendations for the personal protective equipment that your crews uh, are wearing?
1: Wearing respiratory protection, uh, and uh, we're wearing uh, eye protection, um, and we're wearing gloves, and and the the gloves are, are less about. PPE than the uh, safe handling of uh, some of the solutions that might be used in the cleanup and and uh, the handling of uh, people's personal property. But uh, respiratory protection and eye protection.
0: Okay, are, are you wearing you know respiratory protection with cartridges on them, or are you just wearing like a you know like a P one hundred you know high efficiency dust mask? Or both.
1: Yeah, it's a high efficiency dust mask for this. We haven't elevated it to a, to the to the cartridge level. We haven't we've uh, we, we've seen a couple of projects uh, that we're that we believe we'll be doing that have uh, a very uh, thick coating of particulate in them, uh, measurable maybe maybe there's an eighth of an inch or more on a majority of the surfaces. In those instances, will we'll, we'll uh, raise the PPE bar, if you will, to uh, to respirators that are equipped with cartridges.
0: I'd like to just make a little comment really on air purifiers. We, we get a lot of questions on air purifiers, and there are different types of air purifiers. Some okay. uh, utilize filters such as HEPA, and those HEPA filters would probably be ideal and what both of us would recommend for these types of situations. There are other types of air cleaners which emit ozone and ozone for you know some of our listeners may or may not know it's a gas Uh, it can create uh, some health effects with people that may have respiratory problems such as asthma and we really would not recommend ozone machines being used for air purification following uh, this type of event and I think that a consumer uh, really should Utilize equipment that uses filtration as opposed to some sort of electronic method for removing particulate. Okay. Certainly, I would agree with that. All right. Um, f- let's see. How would homeowners ensure that they're using contractors who are qualified? How can they tell a qualified professional from a fly-by-night organization any hints on that?
1: <laughs> that that could be a tough one as it is in uh, you know many areas of uh, consumer services uh, the state of California is is very strong it's in its enforcement of state-licensed contractors uh, are all that can serve clients and, and uh, residential clients in this in this the State uh, and that that would probably give people some sense of confidence, although their particular experience may not coincide with with this particular uh, type of work. Uh, the uh, the IICRC has a, a member website that that people could look on to uh, to uh, identify contractors that have that have uh, that are registered firms with the IICRC, which uh, uh, would would tell would give people uh, cl- uh- companies that have availed themselves to some of the training that's related with doing this work correctly and and uh not not that it not that it we know what kind of companies they are but we we have some sense of what kind of work that they've uh, availed themselves, so what kind of training they've availed themselves to relative to the work you know and then and then they their their insurance companies often are are uh have relationships with contractors and and I think some some will uh trust that they'll get a uh a, a solid referral or someone uh that they can uh, have some confidence in if their insurance company recommends them and we found too that we go into an, into a community obviously where there's multiple houses within a, within one development or one community that's been affected and uh the word the old word of mouth works pretty good if you if if a contractor is working on your neighbor's home and he's satisfied and you know that that goes a long way towards uh towards helping the, the that neighbor make a decision about who he might use
0: you know would it be recommended that you know you mentioned california and i know that there's a lot of licensing that goes on there so i guess asking to see someone's business license and contractor license possibly asking for some references and I would suspect recent references uh you know two or three references might not be a bad thing and i perhaps
1: yeah yes exactly and and in part of the licensing requirements in the state is to have that license displayed uh, conspicuously so it needs to be it has to be on all vehicles it has to be on any literature and so that that's uh, that the state licensing requirement is is uh, is an easy one for a consumer to uh to uh, uh, confirm in their uh, evaluation, uh, certainly asking for references. Now we're a week into this, or a, a bit over that uh, into this uh, recovery effort. There should be relevant references to this theater and this particular type of damage that the contractor should uh, uh, be able to offer to their prospective clients.
0: You know, you spent considerable time down in, uh, you know, Louisiana and, you know, following Hurricane Katrina. And I remember visiting there myself and seeing all these signs that seemed to immediately go up after the the disaster. You know, tree cutting, uh, mold remediation, uh, so on and so forth. Is this the same thing in California? There are signs all over the place with, you know, phone numbers and, you know, people offering services?
1: we're not seeing it uh like we did post katrina uh just yet and and um, again the, the state has is out in force and they've had a uh a presence in some of these communities like the red cross if you will com- communicating information to owners uh with literature with signs that they've posted in communities that says uh, you know, don't use every contractor that works in the state of california must be licensed and it's, so they've got quite a vigorous campaign to do those that might come in and 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 not be uh state licensed uh but of those that you know could be doing this aggressive kind of advertising that you're describing. We haven't seen that yet, but it, it took a few it took a bit of time after Katrina for it to start showing up as well.
0: You know, certainly in your long career in disaster restoration Uh, you've certainly done more things right than you've done wrong. And we all make mistakes. And, you know, I've told students in classes that my company's made 3 or $4 million of mistakes, you know, over the years. And would you agree with this statement that fire damage repair is a skill acquired by training and enhanced by practice and experience?
1: That's a pretty good description, Cliff. I I, I certainly would agree.
0: And I I think what happens is whenever there whenever there's an opportunity like this and you know because we're vendors uh, of disaster restoration supplies our phones are ringing off the hook we have all these people calling us you know we're currently sold out of all types of fogging equipment and you know people just you know they think that they can just buy a fogging device and some chemical and go out there and charge a whole lot of money and I, I think they don't realize that you know, in these types of situations, that a single odor removal method's probably not going to be effective, and that you really need to know what you're doing as opposed to you know just experimenting on someone else's home.
1: I, I agree with you entirely. We've uh, we we anticipate that uh, over the course of uh, the next few weeks, as uh, people who have hired uh, lesser qualified uh, companies to do the work are going to be calling others to have work corrected that was not done cor- that was not done satisfactorily uh, we've certainly seen that before and that, that's one of the considerations that, that we have in these that that people are going to get del- aligned or hire initially someone who's not trained and, and doesn't know the, all the, the right steps to do and hence we'll leave them with a, a problem uh, that and and not be willing to come back and correct it or they don't want them back to correct it
0: you know in our normal fire restoration situations that you and i would normally see you know typically the smoke residue is deposited more on the outside walls more on the windows more on the areas where we have temperature change is is it significantly different out there now
1: yeah, this this doesn't have the heat component in most in many of these and and most of what I've I've seen so far uh, that would that would uh, control where the where the residue would accrue. So we're finding a more of a settling kind of but uh, uh, maybe be my best word for it a more of a settling kind of effect that has it just on every exposed surface. And that you know and obviously that without the pressurization that's associated with fires you and I do in uh, uh, other times you also means it doesn't get into enclosed spaces very much it's it's sitting on uh, primarily exposed surfaces you might move uh, a, a pillow or you might move uh, uh, something on a counter and, and it's clean underneath that and, and uh and, and in and in drawers and in closets, so you get some odor to soft goods as you would expect. But uh, as to the settled particulate, it's a, it's it's different in that it's just primarily on exposed surfaces. <laughs>
0: I've got a couple of tips that I put together, and it, you know, if you if you want to comment on these or add to them or subtract from them, uh, okay. pl- pl- uh, please do. Uh, one of the things that I would suggest is that you know homeowners can go to the drugstore and get what's called a cosmetic wipe. Women use them; the it's a cosmetic sponge. They use them to put on their uh, cosmetics and so on and so forth. And they're generally white, and it's just important that they know where the residue is and where the residue isn't, and by by taking that type of wiper and wiping on horizontal surfaces, number one, it should remove the residue and then visibly they should be able to see it. Uh, I also suggest that for those people that do have HVAC systems, uh, 3M makes an excellent filter. It's called a Filtrate. It might be a good idea to put one of these in uh, on a temporary basis. As far as filtration goes, we think it's important, and uh, if you have a lot of particulate in your house, particularly if you have you know, health issues, asthma, respiratory problems, it might not be a bad idea to buy or rent uh, an air cleaner that has uh, HEPA filtration. Uh, In in dealing with the residue uh, you generally only have one chance to get it right and it's a dry residue and you're going to want to remove it uh, with dry methods such as vacuuming and dry sponging and lambswool dusting and typically you only have one chance to remove it properly. Uh, It's fallen in layers and uh, you you just don't want to wet it unless you absolutely have to. It uh, would be a good idea to use a vacuum that has a brush attachment. Uh, those brush attachments work well and help glide you know, over the surfaces. And it would probably be a good idea to have an upgraded filter in the vacuum. Uh, you may want to place sheets on upholstered furniture before you would sit on it to avoid grinding soil in. As far as respiratory protection goes, it would be a good idea to wear, I suspect, either an N95 or a P100 dust-type mask. Uh, would you agree with those, Larry, or disagree, or do you want to add anything? I any? think
1: those are. I think those, those are great tips. I think that's uh, that, that, that's precisely how it should be done, and um, and those those are those are. I would agree fully with those uh, recommendations.
0: Are, are you using any special techniques for inspection uh, of these homes, you know, other than visual uh, and sampling?
1: Visual and, uh, uh, you know, using a sponge, as um, I'm sure you've done in, in your past to uh, identify a lot of that, that may, may not have a color contrast with the with the surface it's settled on to see if you can uh, confirm that we've got a particulate that's there and and, and what concentration. But... Visual is pretty reliable on on this at, at this point, and and you know once we've got visual confirmation of of uh, of, of the need to clean, if you will, remediate this uh, this interior space, then the, the inspection to our mind, doesn't have to go to every horizontal surface once we've got confirmation the cleaning needs to be done. But, then all surfaces that it could settle on are, are then uh, treated as in, in in a manner like we were you were just discussing.
0: You know, I've had a couple of calls in which uh, you know restoration companies have gone into houses and actually found inches of ash uh, in these houses. Uh, they found it in the attics. They found it in garages and and so on and so forth. Uh, that that's got to be somewhat of a challenge, I suspect
1: that would be a terrific challenge we have we haven't seen that concentration yet we had one home that uh, a doggy door blew open and we've got a significant uh, deposit in immediate area uh, around that door and uh, maybe even to that length i hadn't seen it personally but it certainly sounded like it was uh, uh, quite thick but not scattered over the the entire home that increased the the overall damage to the home as you would expect of the stuff driven by air currents, you know, more of it got in this way. But uh, it, it only in that immediate vicinity of the door did we see the kind of, of uh, density that you're talking about. What we have seen addicts impacted. Uh, uh, with, you know, it, it hasn't been, uh, again, it hasn't been... Uh, the, the kind of density that, that you're speaking of but we' we have seen attic insulation uh, with deposits on it that would uh, know, require getting the insulation out and replacing.
0: you know uh, oftentimes you know houses are going to have some sort of openings in the in the facade for vents. Uh, you know none of these houses are airtight. Does anything need to be done in order to you know kind of you know close these vents? uh just temporarily until the wind uh you know dies down you know do you stuff something like steel wool into the vents or do you tape over them or you know stuff plastic in there or foam or any of those techniques
1: yeah that would that, that those are all great ideas as we said earlier we we're we're, we're re- we're uh, advising people that we're doing this, this initial round of remediation on their homes that uh, to, keep the, to keep the home sealed to the best of their ability. And, and certainly, those, uh, those, those uh, passive vents that are on, and many soffits and other vent uh, systems that may be present, should be, should be protected from uh, outside air coming in and bringing in new deposits, recontaminating.
0: You know, I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and most of the houses there would be brick construction. Is there, you know, one type of construction that, that you find on the outside of these facades? I mean, do you find brick or wood or a lot of stucco? Is, is, is one more predominant than the other?
1: Uh, not to my experience today. As we, you know, here a bit longer, it may it may. Start to show some trends or some some uh, predominance, but uh, it's it's a mix. There's less brick, uh, as you might expect. There's uh, quite a bit of stucco and wood.
0: What sort of techniques or procedures do you plan to use for cleaning the exterior facades of these houses? Are they going to be dry cleaned? You know, will they be pressure washed or brushed? Or you know, how do you plan on doing that?
1: Previously, we've been very successful with pressure washing uh, of the exteriors, and, and uh, again, where we're talking about settled particulate and not, and not associated, uh, not any heat damage uh, uh, in in the mix, and then we, the pressure washing method has worked uh, rather well.
0: I actually have some tips that were put out by the Restoration Industry Association. There are some emergency tips, and if you could just hang on for a minute, I'd like to, you know, read through these for our listeners. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, actually, they say after fire damage, it's natural to want to jump right in and clean the building and contents. Timely action can be a great help, but incorrect action can jeopardize or impede satisfactory restoration. Here are some do's. Clean and protect chrome trim on faucets and other bright work by washing with detergent and applying a coating of Vaseline or oil. Blow off or brush vacuum loose particulate from upholstery draperies and carpeting open windows for ventilation if weather permits and the and uh the santa (laughs) annas are blown in the other direction i guess uh empty refrigerators and freezers if the electricity is shut off and prop doors open with a rolled towel or newspaper to allow air circulation remove pets to a clean environment if heavy fire residues are present well most of those people probably had pets uh that's that's got to be uh traumatic you know for animals it's,
1: it's, you know, we've we've certainly uh some of the clients that i've talked to uh the, the accommodating their pets is, has has been as much of the challenge as uh as anything else with the displacement from this uh, the, the pets are traumatized and it's, it's that's that's been a difficult part, uh component of the of the recovery for a lot of people.
0: Uh another tip they have is send a sample group of garments for cleaning and deodorization in order to observe the results. And re- Uh, retain a contractor to board up open windows, roofs, or other penetrations in order to prevent additional damage. Those were the do's, and here are a few do nots. Do not wipe or attempt to wash fire residues from walls, ceilings, or other absorbent surfaces. Do not use carpeting or upholstered furniture impacted by heavy residues or debris. Do not use food items or canned goods exposed to heat. And Turn on computers, TVs, stereos, or other electrical appliances until they have been cleaned and checked. So there's some good tips there from the Restoration Industry uh, Association. Right, uh, Larry. Um, are there any questions that I didn't ask you that you think I should ask? you Is there anything that we didn't talk about in the interview?
1: Um, I, I guess I, I briefly mentioned. Uh the involvement of addicts in this and you touched on it a bit and and uh I, I guess that's an area that people should be mindful of that they may miss in the in the, in the presence of a lot of particulars settled in their home and dealing with what they see in uh, damaged areas that they don't go to very often and may uh continue to emit a pretty small strong smoke odor They of might, have, might have, want to be mindful that that uh where there are vents, and there are in most homes, as you said, they're not airtight, that uh, if if the winds were up, you could certainly have uh, uh, some significant residue in those areas.
0: Okay. What we'd like to do is list a couple of warning signs in terms of hiring unscrupulous contractors. You know, beware when a contractor wants a 50% deposit plus the cost of materials. Uh, You know, beware when a contractor wants to act as the homeowner's agent in representing them to FEMA or to the insurance company. Uh, You know, beware when a contractor works for the same company as the assessor who writes the scope and verifies completion of work. And beware when contractors emphasize cost savings over relationship, trust, and a final warranty of satisfaction. Larry, how could our listeners get in touch with you and get in touch with your company? Do you have a website, and how would they find it?
1: Uh, BelforUSA.com is uh, is the website. Uh, the uh, uh, we also are uh, in San Diego. We have an office that is. Uh, Uh, The number here
0: is 858-847-9886. Say it again one more time. Okay. Uh, 858-847-9886. Larry, thank you so much for talking to us. I know that you're dead tired. We really appreciate you doing the interview, and uh, I'll see you at the next event. Thanks a lot.
1: You bet, Cliff. Thank you. Good
0: night. Get some sleep.
1: Okay, sir. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks to our sponsors, Indoor Environment Connections, the newspaper for the IAQ industry. Subscriptions and advertising information available at ieconnections.com. DryEase products, providing equipment for drying water-damaged homes and buildings. DryEase is first in drying solutions. Dry-Ease, E-A-Z.com. John Don Products, where restoration and abatement contractors shop at JONDON.com. The Restoration Forum at RestorationForum.com. And last but not least, Unsmoke Systems, Innovators in Damage Repair and Loss Reduction at Unsmoke.com. Links to IEQ radio are available at IEQTraining.com and Unsmoke.com web pages. If you're interested in American Indoor Air Quality Council certified training or customized training programs, please visit the training.com website or contact joe.use at IEQTraining.com. This is Cliff Slotnick saying thank you to cyber jockey Zach Slotnick, but most importantly to you, our growing group of loyal listeners. Please come back and join us next Friday at noon eastern time for the next broadcast of iaq radio this has been another iaq radio production